Hello and welcome to Movie Theater Time Machine, the show where we keep it real to real. Today we talk about Rebel Without a Cause, starring James Dean, Natalie Wood, and some other people you might not know. Yeah. Yeah, most of them you might not know, but Lord. the two Lord. Lord. What? With a notable exception for those who like Gilligan's Island. Yeah, oh yeah, Jim Backus, too. Wait, which one is he? <laughs> Mr. Hell. Right, okay. Yeah. Alright, okay. Yeah. Yeah, and, uh, that, yeah, you're actually right. So I'm Nick. I'm Kaz, and I'm a robot right now. Yes, I'm Ben. Right. I'm Joss. Uh, I'm at home. Yeah, we, we had to do a, a little weird kind of kind of setup this week, so if it sounds a little different, that's why, but should still be good. I'm not worried. Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, this I'm one... literally phoning it in. <laughs> Quite literally. <laughs> This one is absolutely like one of the thoughts I had with this right away. Like you know, I looked this, looked up some information on it. Uh, James Dean was had already passed. Yes. At the time this movie was released, yes. he only had three movies that he was credited in. Yes. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of them I forgot. One East of Eden, and then another one is this movie. And then Giant. Giant. Yes. Okay. So she she went on a wiki walk last night. Yeah. Week. And, you know, I had this theory years back about, like, why was John Lennon so famous and why is he the biggest Beatle? When in reality, when you... He died! Yeah, right. Right. When, when you really, when you dig into it, Paul McCartney really is the real big, the bigwig. Mm. He really is the one who controlled a lot more. But John Lennon passed away. First. So, so he's yeah. got that mystique. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, he has this. So James Dean has this, you know, mysticism to him. Yes, he does. And, you know, I think if he was still alive, we wouldn't even have been talking about this the, movie. The funny yeah, part about not, it is, yeah. too... Yeah, no, it's true. Yeah. And I also didn't realize how much of a gay icon he was. It is. I, I did not realize no that shit. at all. Seriously. Um, apparently, it's one of those things where um, there's so much ambiguity with his sexuality. Huh. Um, because I guess there's... People are of, like, one of two minds with him, because, uh, he, and of course this is after he has passed, um, he hung around with, like, Rock Hudson, and, uh, a lot of, uh, apparently he was kind of one of those guys who was sort of known for possibly using the casting couch as a way to, uh, become a bit more famous in certain circles um and he apparently liked to experiment a little bit he liked the ladies but he also wouldn't necessarily stop him from doing what he had to do in order to to get where he needed to go huh yeah um and and, you know to to each their own like it it, it's one of those things where i i like I said, it did a wiki walk. Yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, I was I was actually a little surprised. I didn't know that much about James Dean until last night. Yeah, neither did I. Yeah. Um, other than he, James Franco actually looks a lot like him. Which is upsetting. Yeah. Because James Franco is... Gross. Not great, and I didn't mute my phone. No, you didn't. Let me fix that. Oh, and he looks like James Franco and, um, what's his face, uh, Ryan Reynolds were put in a blender. A little bit. A little bit. Yeah. I actually didn't mind his hair, though. I was like, I was impressed by his hair. Sorry, the uh, audio got cut off on my end. Yeah. 
I was yeah. impressed by his hair. Doesn't he look like, doesn't Luke Perry look like James Dean? A little bit. A bit, yeah. A little bit, yep. <laughs> well, old, like, Luke Perry from, like, 30 years ago. God rest his soul. I, yeah. Yeah, when he was playing if I see teenager. James Dean or something, I can't help but think of uh, Clone High with uh, <laughs> JFK and Pod Stalion. <laughs> and, and I'm like, is, is he based on James? He must be based on James. He must be. It was. He must be. So I'm like, He was the character who showed up to get killed off. For, for <laughs> Makes perfect sense. The parts, where are you, my best friend? <laughs> and because there is like a deadly car uh, contest thing in this, I was also thinking of Clone High with the when they did one of those with uh, I think Abe kept getting sleep deprived, and so he fell asleep at the wheel and just stopped while JFK just goes on. Screaming, nothing bad ever happens to the Kennedys! I forgot like, all about that. Okay, but that also has a lot to do with um, Ted Kennedy, because Ted Kennedy killed someone yeah. in a car crash. And it got, got, away, with got it. away with it. He killed a girl, and, that, and nothing bad ever happens to the Kennedys because he killed a girl and nothing ever happened to him. I thought the joke was because two of them died in weird ways, at least two of them. Well, assassination and plane crash. I think it was a bit of both. Well, Something two, like you know, three, you know, three Kennedys mm -hmm. died in weird ways. Mm -hmm. Two assassinations and a really bizarre plane crash. Yep. But, and apparently JFK's brain disappeared. Yeah. 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 Yeah, and nobody really knows where the real bones are and anything, hence that Bones episode, too. Oh. Yeah. So, there's a really good Bones episode where actually people bring the bones in and they just assume they figure out that it might be JFK's bones. <laughs> and it's, it's, it's one of my favorites. But um, anyway, with this, yeah, with this movie, I mean, there's a lot of mysticism to it. I mean, and James and Dean. It's in color. Yeah, 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 yeah which yeah. I was not expecting. Yeah, and right. yeah, James Dean is in it. And, I mean, that's really probably the only reason why it's really relevant. I, I was not expecting it. Yeah. Okay, I was not expecting this movie to be this movie. I wasn't sure, like, okay, the premise of this movie was not what I was walk, expecting to walk into. Like, no. I, I don't know what I was, I don't know what I was mixing it with yeah. in my brain. I, at some point, I expected him to get on a motorcycle. Yeah. I don't know, like, my... I, Again, I don't know what my brain was was coalescing this in with, but it's like this is not. I don't. I honestly. What I, thought it was. I didn't really look it up. I, I don't know. I had a preconceived notion of what this movie was supposed to be. And then it was. And then it wasn't. Right. It wasn't anything. Any pop cultural osmosis. No, because not really. I don't know because I well, I didn't I really know. the wrong thing. I didn't really know what this movie was supposed to be about. All I knew what it was supposed to be about was it was a, a movie about teenagers in the fifties, and that James Dean was in it, and that's all I knew. And needlessly hostile teenagers in the fifties, but teenagers. We'll get... Yeah, I yeah, know. Twenty-four year old teenagers. But the but you know Natalie Wood and the other guy. We're of the appropriate age. Oh, you mean Ralph Macchio? Yes, <laughs> Thank basically you. Ralph Macchio. I thought he looked like Teddy from Teddy. Yeah, 
from the Adventures of Pete and Pete, but skinnier and without the face mold. Oh no, he was yeah, like a, a little bit. He was yeah. a cross between like Ralph Macchio and uh, who was I saying? It's like Ralph Macchio and some and Elvis. Yeah. It was like baby Macchio. Baby, baby, yeah. baby Macchio. No, baby Macchio. I have a movie. It's Ralph Macchio. Uh, yeah. Baby Macchio, you have to see a movie called Up the Academy, my friend. Oh. Uh huh. You want to see Baby Macchio? Uh huh. I got a movie for you. I didn't know he did more than just. Oh my lord! You do not know. All right. Mm-hmm. I, I did not know he did all what he did. Yes. All I know is Karate Kid movies, Cobra Kai, and My Cousin Vinny. Oh no no no, sir. Sister, sir. No no no. All right. <laughs> All right. So. Uh, it's not just that. Uh, he also did um. Uh, what the fuck is the name of that movie? Uh, it was a book too. I don't know. Oh yeah. Uh, the Outsiders. Oh. The Outsiders as well. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. So uh, James Dean, in this movie, plays a guy named James. Yeah. Weirdly <laughs> enough. Yeah, he does. Or Jim. Oh, Jim. 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 Jim or Jamie. Yeah, yeah that's Jamie. Jamie. He likes to be called Jamie. Like, what? Where did you get that from, bro? Yeah, you've only uh, known him for a day. Yeah. And I mean, this whole movie, the thing that got me was this: all the all the events are in 24 hours. Yes. Yep, just about. Like, maybe maybe a hair over, but just about yeah. 24 hours. 24 to 36 hours this entire movie happens in. Yeah. And, and we open with uh, Jim... On uh, Easter. On Easter. On Easter. Yeah. We, we Easter. open up so with Easter Jim. Easter Sunday into Tuesday. Yeah. Jim at, like, Hasselhoff level drunk. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, on the ground playing with a toy monkey. Yep. Yeah. There's, like, can't operate a cheeseburger drunk. <laughs> is, what, is, is the point where he's at. <laughs> yeah. That's true. Can I say one thing, though, before we start? Mm? Yeah. What's up? Um, in a... In addition to, uh, okay, I didn't know a whole lot about this movie, but I did know, um, I had studied the dramatic, uh, um, whatever, writing thing, yeah. or not, whatever, and apparently according to Dramatica, it has like a, uh, complete story that makes some kind of argument, but when I watched it, I wasn't really sure what it is, what it, what it was trying to say, although... I'm looking at the analysis right now, so that makes it a little more clear, but I just wanted to say that. Well, see, what, what I got from it was just the whole, like, everybody's screwed up kind of situation, because uh, Jim's Jim's family is messed up. Yeah. Jim's family is, is yeah. the... It doesn't have the word functional in it. It's no. like everything looks good on, on the outside. Like, oh, like to the, um, yeah. everything's good, you know, appearances look, look yeah. good from the outside. But inside, inside the family, it's the broken. mom's a narcissistic, like, crazy person. The dad yeah. is henpecked and gives in to everything. Right. And neither of them are noticing the issues that their... That what they're doing to their son. That their teenage son is having. And their son is the only one in the entire family with a moral compass. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. And his, um, also, it's just, they're moving town to town just to try to cover up things. It's like every time he, every time Jim gets in trouble, whatever that trouble might be, um... They up and move. They up and move house instead of addressing the problem. Right. And apparently the last time they moved... Was because Jim pulled an pulled a McFly and did not like somebody calling him chicken. Yeah. And. And beat the shit out of the kid. Yeah. 
and that's why they that's why they left at that point. Um, Thank you for bringing that up because I totally. I was just like, how did Marty McFly get over his chicken problem? <laughs> yeah. He the same goddamn problem. Yeah. Because uh, apparently chicken was way worse of an insult back in the day than than it ultimately became. Right. You know? And, yeah, yeah. There, there's a lot of, you're right, yeah. There's a lot of that, a lot of moving and then, you know, with, with him laying down at first, you kind of look like, it looks like he almost just fell over. Right. But he's just looking and he goes, oh, look, Mr. Monkey, I want to play with you. Right. Uh, hey. there, there was a moment later in the movie, which yeah. I will bring up, where he's supposed to be doing like this G.I. Joe commando roll down a hill, yeah. but he's doing it the way that, you know, us 30-somethings would do it, just kind of carefully oh, sit ourselves down and then scooch down the hill just a little bit and roll. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't want to hurt my back. It's like, I don't want to pull nothing. We're just going to hoop and down the go. <laughs> to be fair, I mean, that was me when I was eight. <laughs> you know, as well. This is going to hurt, and I don't yeah. want to do it. <laughs> It was always going to hurt me anyway, so it's like, okay, I'll just be careful. It's like, I'm going to throw yeah. myself down the hill, but I'm going to land butt first. I, I don't want to throw myself down a hill, period, so no. <laughs> so yeah, he gets he gets picked up by the police for... Uh, Drunken disorderly. Com- yeah. Like, common drunkenness, I think they were calling it. And uh, he's at the police station, and we have our three main oh, characters okay. at the police station. Okay, but when he, get, when he gets pulled into the police station, the cop who pulls him in... Puts him up against the wall, face first against and the he wall, keeps, like, and falling. he keeps falling backwards. But instead of putting him against the wall the opposite way, he keeps putting him face forward. Yeah, it's like his gravity is facing backwards. Turn him around Turn him so he's back to the wall and you're good. But he doesn't do it. His personal and gravity keep, is going that way. I keep expecting him to fall backwards. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the the, uh, the cop that pulls him over actually is the same actor who's played a cop in multiple places. Yep. And uh, he was the chief in Get Smart. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Okay. And the original Get Smart. I just really wanted to see him just, like, he has this really funny thing in the old Get Smart where um, the, uh, who's the voice of Inspector Gadget? I can never remember his fucking name. Uh, Uh, Don Adams. Don Adams, thank you, yeah. But, you know, like, you just, Don Adams would say something annoying and then he would just blow his top. Over something and he just like bangs something. It's like Jesus, you're not gonna do that anymore. I'm sorry, Chief. I couldn't feel that way. It's, it's still surprisingly an entertaining TV show. It is. It's, the shoe phones. Yeah, it's still surprising. Like all those crazy ass gadgets. Yep. Who wouldn't want that? Right. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So, yeah, so and the Steve Carell version of it yep. is really fucking funny and more funny than it needs to be. I have not seen it, it so it's I, I like much Steve, funnier. Yeah, I like Steve Carell. Yeah. He's not he's he's not, he's not a bad guy. I like him too. Yeah, it's yeah. him and The Rock are in that movie. Oh god. Oh really? Yeah, which it's it's way funnier than it really needed is to be. Is it Anne Hathaway in that too? Yeah. Yeah. Actually, yeah. Okay. It's yeah, it's ninety nine, right? Yeah, she yeah. plays ninety nine, yeah. 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 <laughs> Alright, so we're at the, we're at the police station yeah. and we have our three main characters, Jim, uh, Judy. Judy, and uh, Plato. Plato. But he yeah. has a real name, but he just gets called Plato because I think he gave himself that nickname. Yeah. But they're all in there for different reasons. Jim got brought in for public drunkenness. Judy got into some kind of she was walking tiff around argument at night yeah. because Blade. she got into an argument with her with father, her father. Yeah. and she ran off. 
Yeah. Over lipstick. Over fucking lipstick. Yeah, okay. And she got Judy's, pulled in because she was out at like one Judy's, in the morning. Judy's family is also uh, a little screwed up. It's bad shit. Yeah. yeah. Um, Judy's family is messed up. Judy's family because but in a Judy, different way. Judy is a 16-year-old girl who, um, whose parents really just don't seem to get her. Right. Like she's... Dad seems really uncomfortable with her with growing her up. With her growing up, yeah. yeah. She's... And I, I think the dad might be dealing with the with the fact that he's finding his own daughter attractive. Did you see how, Thank like, you. super yes. just like, ugh, he right. was about like, all of that. It's just like, she's yeah. trying, Thank you. She's literally just trying to get some affection out of him. Yeah. Like, yeah. Just the daughterly, I, like, how was your dad? Or like, or like a peck on the cheek or something. And he and freaks out. Yeah. freaks out. Yeah. So it's like he's yes. He's right. Like we don't some, do that here. Yeah. He's having some major issues by yes. He is finding his own daughter attractive and dude, you gross, Murph. It's like that's it's like, yeah. That's that's some ew. heavy heavy bullshit going it's on. It's like right you need there. to talk to somebody and sort out them feelings because yeah. that, that's not cool. Right. Yeah. It. it yeah. But, and but that's what she's kind of dealing that. with because she just wants some actual genuine affection from her parents and she's getting none of that because and then her father is taking that that affection that she wants and turning it around on her and calling her basically a whore yeah Yeah. for wanting affection from her parents and so she's taking that what he's calling her and basically walking out at one o'clock in the morning and hanging out with all sorts like, of people and, and, and her mom is so repressed like she's just oh it's just a phase not not it's the time when nothing fits okay yeah Teen, okay the teenage years are rough i i rem, yeah i, I they suck dimly remember going through the teenage years they suck they suck just just letting your kid just go off and do whatever isn't great you need to find a common ground yeah right. this being said by relate. someone with no kids you have to try yeah. to relate to your kids though you have right. to try at least and mm-hmm. these parents are not trying nothing no like no, none of phase. the parents nothing fits none of the parents in this movie are great no 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 well which is why what brings the situation you know all the situations together which caused the whole threat of the movie yep yeah. You and know. we also have uh, in the oh. also in the police station we have Plato. The freaking first ten minutes of the oh. movie, bro. The oh my first, god! The first wow. ten minutes, like if we're first yeah. introduced to him, yeah. we find out he's there because he shot some puppies. Okay. Yeah. The first Plural. thing. Okay. The first thing you see when it comes to to Jim is you have this uh, this kid who looks like Ralph Macchio. Who he's is sitting Jim? on a bench. He has- and he has, uh, he has big doe eyes. He has big eyelashes. Uh-huh. Yes. And he looks frightened. And yeah, he has. He's like, tra- he's like full on traumatized, just like, uh, uh, And uh, he's got God, this, He has a, a, uh, a, a woman, a caretaker that, uh, that's with him. Yeah. And she's like telling him, like, he's shaking. He looks like he's very cold. And Jim, who is very drunk, can also see that he's cold. So he takes his jacket off and tries to give it to him. But the kid is looks frightened anyway looks like he's not gonna hurt anybody and he won't take it from him and they bring the police bring him into another room and then the first thing that the police say to this kid when he's alone in this room is so and i don't remember what his actual name is supposed to be john so john oh so john everything's a j so john why did you shoot those puppies yeah and at this point i'm just like Jesus Christ, what? what? And I'm like, 
Yeah. Okay, so this kid's a serial killer. Yeah. yeah. All right. Great. Oh. And Come because on. it's 1955. John Crawford. Yeah. John Crawford. Yeah. Yeah. And because it's 1955, he goes back to school the next day. Like yep. nothing Everything's happened. fine. Yeah. Just like, oh, you just... D- you just fine. shot a bunch of puppies. It's fine. So, yeah, we find out... Yeah, we... Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, I only remember his name because it, I, it reminds me of... Because uh, there was an actor, Johnny Crawford, who played the kid in The Rifleman. And I'm like, hey, wait a minute. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's but, true. Uh... Oh, the cop said that he should probably get help, but I guess he or the maid or, or both, I don't know, explained about his parents never being around and yeah, that yeah. his mom doesn't believe in his dad therapy yeah. or... Or that, that it was it too, that it was too it, it cost too much and she'd rather go to go to Hawaii. Well, no, yeah. he says that yeah, later, that's what she says later. But the mom doesn't believe in uh, in head shrinkers or something. Yeah. And that um, is she a Scientologist? The, the mother. Uh, right. The mom's not around. It's the kid's birthday that day too. Yeah. It was and his the mom's birthday not that around. day. The dad's mom's not, not in around. The picture. Dad's not in the picture. And and the maid caretaker, whomever she is, yeah. is basically making excuses for him, saying he shot those puppies because his parents left him on his birthday. That's essentially what, what she's. Did he get puppies? Who knows? It's 1955. Well, yeah, it's uh, maybe it came from that trope of you know you're having trouble. Here's a dog. Yeah, or he, yeah. you know, somebody just dumped them somewhere, or right, you know, yeah, he, he could have gotten them anywhere. Yeah, and and like his his caretaker, whose name I'm not sure we ever Did actually we actually get. ever get her name. I don't no. know if we get her name. She's a she's it's, a larger she she has her heart in the right place. Yeah, she's a larger black woman, and it's very clear that she does care yes. about right. John, yeah. but she doesn't seem to know how to get through to him. Right. And he's being really closed off and in the in, uh, making, as well. She makes a lot of excuses. She's for him. trying to help yeah. him by making excuses, but that's not the help he needs. Right. And so, why do you give a sixteen-year-old a gun? Who gives a sixteen-year-old a gun? Nineteen fifty-five. Who leaves their sixteen-year-old home alone when they go out of state and just conti- just randomly know. send a check for six hundred and fifty-seven dollars home for for expenses? Yeah. yeah. In nineteen fifty five. It's taking place anyway. Uh, uh, LA. California. Uh, yeah. yeah. Oh, it's, oh, okay. it's in LA. That observatory is, is in the is in the Hollywood Hill, Hills above LA. Yes. Oh. I have that, well, that I, ob- I mean obviously the uh, sets are there. I just wasn't sure if uh, it was meant to take place there because if this was say like a rural southern place, I, I suppose a kid that young would probably have access to a gun more likely. Good or point. To use one. But it's a handgun. Yeah. Like that's it's not yeah. a rifle or anything. It's a yeah. handgun. So. Good point. Yeah. Well, yeah, that you're right. Yeah, in the rural areas, I mean, it's not really uncommon for people to really be taught how to use it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And be taught how to do anything. Really, I you're you're right. You're right. Although, can we address the fact that james dean is 24 years old playing a 16 year old that's not really out of character i know it's not out of i I know it's not uncommon but it's just you know i'm a weird teenager you don't understand me dad you don't understand me dad (laughs) it's just okay just you you say that later on when you see 
how Plato kind of regards him and uh, Judy kind As of like parents. Uh, fake parents. It yeah. almost kind of makes sense. Okay. Almost. Yeah. It's still kind of distracting. But it looks a little yeah. old, but. When you were 16, how deep was your voice? About the same. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Ed, Ed, I don't think mine had gotten deep just okay, yet. Okay, but yeah. you, Dan has a cousin named Lucas. Oh boy, Lucas. Lucas is, is what, 17 right now? I think so. 16, 17. 16, 17. How deep is Lucas's voice? Um, he Deeper makes, than yours. He makes Jesus. Ba- yeah. Lucas makes Barry White sound like a soprano. Yes. His, it's like, <laughs> it is like ridiculously deep. Yes. Wow. So, I, yeah. Wow. All right. You make that joke, but it is it is not that uncommon. No, I. Yeah. It, it, I mean, it just reminded me when Daniel Radcliffe was growing older in the Harry Potter series, and they kind of wanted to <laughs> right? speed up filming in order so it doesn't look that. I think it was. But a, he was not that old either. No, though. but Doug Stanhope had a great act where he like he dressed up as Harry Potter. It's like. Why is everyone concerned about how old I look? <laughs> and it's just like, okay, but like, it's, it's a good story, but it's just like, look at this, and I'm like, okay, I just, I, yeah, I, I know, really I had know. to wrap my head around the fact that James Dean is playing someone in high school. Okay, because he's, he's got the worry I'm lines pull, etched in right, his forehead, but, but you don't really have too. those in high school. I'm gonna pull this out too. When 90210 came out, Luke Perry, I believe at that point he was. I want to say that they were like in sophomore year when it started. Luke Perry, when he showed up. So he was up, only 35. He was actually 27. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he, was, he was 27 playing a 16 or 17 year old. So when we're talking about like um, James Dean playing a 24 year old, it's not that bad. <laughs> Okay. This reminds me of The Simpsons. How do you feel, Sideshow Luke Perry? <laughs> oh my god, I just looked it up because I wanted to find out if Ponce de Leon from Clone High was supposed to be based on, like, James Dean or Luke Perry or something. He was voiced by Luke Perry! There you go. <laughs> Holy shit. Oh, wow. Wow. It's... The wiki says. I mean, it's just... James Dean, the mysticism of him is just really, really, really odd. But, uh, Kaz, you had a story? Um, I didn't have a story. Oh, the Plato beginning, right? I find it interesting that I, as the movie went on, I couldn't hate Plato, despite knowing what he did. Probably because it was off camera. (laughs) It it was off camera, and... He, he oh. kind of came off as just like a poor thing. Absolutely. Yeah. Plus, yes. they didn't they didn't really like play him off as the serial t- killer type because they gave right. him emotion. Whereas right. usually somebody who kills like a bunch of puppies, they're gonna come off as not having emotion. Whereas this kid just really wanted to be loved. So I don't know. Yeah, it just it just seemed like. I don't know. Maybe it's a good a sign of really good writing and or acting that to get me to sympathize. Mm. True. That much. True. I mean, this parts of this I kind of lose, and then um, like you know, getting okay. It's the first day, and then oh, it's okay. It's mid fifties, so everybody's in a suit and tie going to school. But you <laughs> have the. The no, group. there were people in like t-shirts. Yeah. Or 
well, I mean, you have, for the most part, I mean, you have the greasers, how everybody could fit in that one fucking car, I could not understand why. I was just trying to figure out if it was, like, the, um, if it was the Jets and the Sharks, man. Yeah. Start having a snap fight. Yeah, or, like, how they all fit in that one car when they pick up Natalie Wood at the very beginning of the movie. Right. And, you know, it's the very beginning of the next day, everybody going to school, and, hey, you stepped on the school's insignia. You can't do that. Sorry, it's my first day. Mm. Oh, do you know where to go? Sorry, let me help you out. He like, becomes friendly real quick. Yeah, like, how do you... I don't know, maybe it's my own... My own story of high school in general I can't really get, but then it's like, oh, okay... We're going to go to the planetarium. We're going to go to a field trip. Juniors and seniors, but it's the first day of school. Uh-huh. So oh, they, they it's already got... his first day of school, not the first day of school. Okay. Oh, okay, good point. It's yeah. Easter. Easter is in March, oh, April. Good it's point, good point. Yeah. Good point, good point. I, yeah, there, there's parts of this I blanked a little bit. So, good, yeah, good on y'all we'll for that. We'll have to take in, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, and it's, um... You know, let's go to the planetarium. And the planetarium, I mean, brought back some really good memories of the planetarium. I love we the had. planetarium. I'm so sad yes. that we don't have one around here. Yeah. We had a great we one. We one in our high school. Yeah, Mr. Bernardo. There, hey. was, there was one at Durfee, but mm. that, that building is basically not going to be used anymore. They're putting up the new one now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, they got rid of the planetarium. Yeah, the planet. They got rid of the entire school eventually. Yeah, yeah. The planetarium itself, Mr. Bernardo, just a very small, very kind man who just wanted to tell you about the stars. Like, no, let me. And he made it fucking interesting. And just like, okay, let's talk about these constellations. And it's like, I remember this from like. From a kid who was bullied to hell in my junior high school years, like, that was the one thing that actually, for like an hour, hour and a half, everybody's very chill and very calm. And it was just one of those, I'm like, oh, man, it just it made me comfortable. I, I screwed up. Okay. In my high school, I took astronomy in my... Sophomore year, my junior year, I think it was sophomore year, as an elective, um, which ended up screwing up a bunch for the seniors. Because, and I'll explain this. According to, at the time in high school, in our high school anyway, there were three tiers that you, oh, technically four tiers yeah. of classes. You had um, level one, yeah. which was like your. Um, the highest level you could go, like, uh, straight-A students, you know, heading to college, best for your GPA. You had level two, which was, like, college prep, also good for your GPA, which is mostly where I was. Level three, which was general studies, basically. You can go to college afterwards, but you're basically going to enter the workforce um, directly from there. And then you had your level four, which is, like, special needs. Yeah. They placed astronomy in level three. Oh. I know. Which didn't make a hell of a lot of sense because there's a lot of math in astronomy. 
because you have star yeah. charts. Yeah, because you have star charts and you need um, you need lots of uh, tools and things like that. I took it as an elective, which actually hurt my GPA, if you can imagine. But that's insane. I know. But it also was one of those sciences that a lot of seniors would take to fill a science requirement to graduate. Now, because of this, the teacher who taught astronomy in my high school would use a, uh, the bell curve in order to grade. Astronomy was one of my favorite subjects, so I studied. I knew how to do the math. The bell curve did not work in this class. Because you fucked up the because curve. Because I fucked up the curve. Oh boy. So, suffice to say, the seniors that were in that class did not like me. Because <laughs> they screwed up them too. Oh, I, I, screwed, get it, I, get it, yeah. I screwed them out of a easy science yeah. class. They had to actually work. I got an A plus in that course. <laughs> Damn. Damn. I remember I had one guy who was in uh, at, at, when I was in college, and it was one of the last courses I ever had to take in order the same thing to fulfill a science requirement. And the sci and no, it was uh, Mr. David Owen, uh, and he on the side was a Jimmy Buffett impersonator. <laughs> oh Jesus! And wow. Yeah, and. Like, the most relaxed dude, actually a very, very, very good professor. Okay. Yeah. You know, very good with what he did and made it very interesting, but he's like, the the dead ringerness of Jimmy Buffett, plus also you got extra credit if you, if you stared at Constellations and then put in the reports what song it reminded you of. Cheeseburger in <laughs> Yeah, so I just went with Jimmy Buffett's greatest hits. Right through it, past with the freaking easy thing. He's like, dude, you're good, man. You're good. And then I'll explain how the moon looks like a cookie. <laughs> fans to the left, yeah. fans to the. God damn it. <laughs> but did, did oh, uh, anybody ever in astronomy talk about the end of the world, like in this movie? Uh, no. Yeah, it, <laughs> but that, yeah. that was definitely a concept. Yeah, it was very, uh, it was very interesting too. It's how it's like, okay, you just played, I just killed puppies. Yet yeah, he's hiding underneath the, the fuck out. Yeah, I know, like when the earth explodes. Or yeah, whatever. and it's how this very old man who probably saw the Civil War <laughs> at one at one point in time is now explaining all this and going, "We're gonna go ahead. Eventually, we're gonna blow up. Boom." And then no one's reaction, no one's reaction, but there's one guy who's freaking out. And, He's having a panic attack under the seats. Yeah. And, you know, then they leave, and, you know, it was kind of odd because all these cars in here are genuinely beautiful, and I gotta, I'll gotta, i get into a story later about it, but, um, you know, when you look at this, and all the cars look kind of the same. Mm-hmm. You know, they're, I mean, late, they're, yeah, they're all, all late pretty, 40s. It was all pretty much a design yeah. philosophy that, that everyone just kind of rolled with. Yeah. Yeah, it's all late 40s models and, you know, some Model T, some others, and mostly ro some Roadsters and the, um, but, you know, when all the bullies are posing in the car mm -hmm. and looking, I'm like, why are they on their own car? Yes! 
Why, why are they, okay, they're all menacingly looking okay. at this car. One's got, I'm like thinking, oh yeah, that's real foolish shit there. Yeah, yeah, I'm and like, okay. Switchblade, and I'm like, oh god, they oh, that's his car. Into Stephen yep. King bullies. Right, right. Yeah, it's like really I, did. He did. He didn't really do anything. Yeah, it's he. And then I know. he stabs the wheel of the car, and I'm like, that that can't be their car. Oh, oh, okay. They just look really similar. I think it would be really funny if it was their car. Right. You know, you just, just kind of shrugged. Is <laughs> like. It's your, oh, it's yours, all right. And then just walked away. Like, good and job, douchebag. And then they looked down like, ah, fuck. <laughs> then, yeah. then there's a knife fight. For no reason. Yeah. Needlessly hostile teenagers. For no reason. And, and Judy's on the side of the bullies for... Oh, she's, she's getting hot for this violence. She, she is enjoying herself... Oh, because her boyfriend's the one that's starting it. Mm-hmm. I think, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is that Buzz? Yeah. Buzz, yeah. Yeah, Buzz word, yeah. Yeah, Buzz is, yeah, Buzz generally, definitely hostile, and I, I don't say, like, I, I don't talk about, yeah, I don't talk about this stuff too, too often, but I've been in a knife fight. Really? Yeah. Because I was like, what the Teens fight with a goddamn knife. It's happened. Yeah, it's happened. It happened to me, and there were just knives coming, you know, one kid with a knife coming at me. And yeah, that pretty much is it happened that way. I've had knives thrown at me, but I can't say I've ever been in a knife fight. (laughs) Well, I mean it's it was similar deal where it's like, you know, James Dean doesn't really want anything with it, so he's like, okay, put this away, fine, whatever. I would have just hooked it over the freaking, like, wall. Like, what? Well, yeah, like, this? Yeah. Bye. He had a tire iron. Right, yeah. I know. And he also hooked that like, over the wall. Yeah, it's like, dude, you're facing off with a kid with a knife. Well, like a 30-year-old kid with a knife. Yeah. <laughs> don't throw away your tire iron. I don't think he's going to switch no, the sh- fist ups because he's a bully, not yeah. Well, I mean, shot eye, you know, shot hand versus shot foot, you know, versus that. Yeah, you need to protect yourself. He throws his own tire iron, yeah. too, but he keeps the bully's knife. Yeah. Right. Yeah, the bully just had, somebody had a spare, and it's like, oh, here you right. go. But he, he hands the back. Huh. But he, yeah, but he hands Switch the bully's bl- knife back to him, but he throws his own tire iron right. away. Switchblades are expensive. Yeah. Well, it's very obvious James Dean probably was thinking... Candy to the high school yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, actually, what about, at that period in time, my dad gave me his pocket knife collection when I was a teenager. Mm-hmm. And I, got a, I got a Swiss Army knife from yeah, my grandpa. Yeah, but there, a large part of his pocket knife collection were basically just random businesses that had pocket knives with their names and address on them. Mm-hmm. Pocket knife isn't the same as a switchblade. Yeah. No. Yeah, and so I mean, Actually, it's like a fight yeah. knife. Yeah, so I mean, it's it's not uncommon to have knives, though. I mean, and it's obvious James Dean probably just remembered his his AARP payment had to go in. <laughs> uh, I mean, hey, just call it what it is, you know. I mean, it's still a. Like, when I turned thirty, I got a thing from AARP. Which I still was, haven't, yeah, yeah, which was absolutely hilarious. <laughs> Apparently, you don't actually have to be old to join AARP. No. You can just join. Yeah. You could, yeah. You could, yeah. My dad did that. 
when he finally got it, he figured, all right, he budgeted it in and just said, all right, I'll get the AARP card, and he milked the shit out of that. <laughs> I was like, all right, I'm over 50, I'm older, what the hell, I'm paying now. Oh, you need the senior citizen discount? Absolutely. There's a uh, there's a uh, episode of Married with Children where Al got a senior citizen card of the city of Chicago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he walks in with hair dye, gaudy clothes, and just looks at everybody <laughs> and he goes, Family, look what I got for 42 cents. <laughs> My dad did that, minus the hair dye. He walks in and says, you know, look what I got for a dollar five. I'm like, you go, Dad. Good for you. Sometimes I give my dad some shit on this show, but honestly, if I grow up to be like him, I think I've done fine. I've done fine in my, in my eyes. Um, but the knife fight happens, and yeah, it's, it is a thing. You can get cuts and not be fatal, but the thing is... Yeah, with basically a, a little nick. Yeah. Oh, cut. Yeah, and he gets cut, but it's still an oddity thing, and I mean, my brain blanks a little bit, but... You know, Plato. Yeah, he got called a chicken. The yeah. called him a chicken, and that just drives him to uh, fight because he doesn't want to be seen as a coward. He doesn't want to end up like his dad. You gotta wonder how much that really fell into the Back to the Future world. Right? Like is, like is that really is that really what sets it off the the? Also, remember this know. is 1955. What happens in Back to the Future? Is in because his dad's doing women's work. Right. But I don't, I don't think that's where it was at that point, though. I think it was more of, I mean, yeah, a little bit of that, definitely, but I think at that point it's more of his mother is a very narcissistic personality where everything is about her and what she thinks and what she wants, and his father never stands up for himself. Or backs up what his son needs or wants. Nope. Right. It's always about his mother and what his mother wants and what his mother chooses and what his mother thinks. And that's the end of it. And his father has no backbone. Yeah. So his mother probably said, I'm not feeling well. Go downstairs and get me some food. And don't 
mess up your clothes, so definitely put on my apron. Right. Because she probably demanded that. So True. It probably wasn't about the whole he's wearing an apron and doing this. It's probably because his mother demanded it. Right, so. I just assumed it was symbolism for uh, him being, like, not being the best role model of what a uh, 50s man should aspire to be kind Although, of thing. Yeah, he's not being the Could man be of the house. a little bit both. So, yeah. But, yeah. Uh, toxic masculinity, like, causes a lot of problems in this movie. Yeah. yeah, definitely. Yeah, let's let's do some idiot like stupidly idiotic things just to prove we ain't we ain't chicken. I'm yeah. not I, mean, I I feel like it could also be a universal thing about pride. I mean, it, it's mostly the dudes doing stupid shit, so I guess you could blame it on toxic masculinity. But I feel like it's kind of a human trait when people get too I don't know prideful or they won't let things go that kind of thing true true and i mean you know where we go to now is there's the uh the drag or the race over the uh the over the cliff race. the cheeky race yeah the chick thank you yeah the chicky race. race and the chicky <laughs> race itself where two guys get into get into a car head towards the cliff and the first one to roll out loses, and that's the chicken. They lose. And, you know, there's several things with this, but I do have to explain a concept because these cars are genuinely good-looking. Mm -hmm. But, um, all right, so let me back a moment here. We do not talk about politics here on this show, but it's very obvious where we all stand. Mm -hmm. It's like it's come uh, up once or twice, but yeah. it's not a political show by its by its yeah. very nature. So there we is some jokes slip by though. Obviously. Yeah, yeah. There is a concept I like to call the "Don't look at my penis" car. <laughs> yeah. And you know these it's are from Family Guy. Yeah, the from Family Guy. Yeah, it, but I saw it today. They're in the town next door to us, uh, from, you know, where we are. There was a guy for a pretty long time that had a, uh, you know, a yay Donald Trump store. <laughs> the, the, the Donald Trump store was, uh, the, was closed down today, and they were taking the signs down. And the guy is in a car that's sort of similar to one of these cars, but not as good looking as these and having a don't look at my penis moment where he's crying in his car and I'm laughing. But it isn't generally laughing like hell, but there's times where you expect it in this one, like it's like, oh, we're gonna take this car and I'm gonna take mine and it's a, you know, it's a, this is it because it's talk, we are the men, we're gonna have great street rods. No, that's not necessarily the case where they have these broken down old cars that they stole. Yep. And you know, the drag race itself, I mean, where Buzz, you know, is the guy who is running against Jim, and Buzz goes over a cliff because his jacket loop was caught in the car. Yep. I just want to explain, when they said chicky race, I assumed it was going to be chicken, which isn't chicken, like... Who stops first? No, driving out of a moving vehicle. Yeah. yeah, chicken. As far as I know, is them driving at each other, and who swerves first oh. is the yeah, okay. is the chicken. But, but in this this race, they would race towards a cliff, and I guess the goal was to uh, tuck and roll out of the moving car before it went over the damn cliff. 
Right. So Bugs couldn't do that because his leather jacket uh, loop on his sleeve got caught on the handle inside. But you so. gotta break. Right? You got a fucking parking brake. And then again, he's six. Yeah. He's a 16-year-old, 35-year-old. Right. Yeah. You know, so it's not <laughs> thinking all the way through. And they, like, suddenly became friends at the beginning of the Chicky race because, like, he's teaching him what the race is about. Yeah. It's like, he's like, oh, yeah, we're going to test, make sure you can actually, you know, how to roll out of the car before we do this. Like, can't you just, like, Stop. be friends yeah. now and not do this insanity? Right. Like, is that going to be that know, hard? Maybe they're after an adrenaline rush or something. Well, I think also it's the toxic masculinity pride as everybody else is watching, so now they're expected to do it. And also, yeah. I mean, this is what happens when you don't have Netflix. Yeah. <laughs> yeah like, so, video ga- when video games and TV were invented, did this drastically reduce crime? Because Yeah, we were talking to about this, too. I didn't find an answer for that, but I would imagine oh. so. I would imagine so, or at least it's just, okay, well, all the kids are out of the house. Well, they're, out, they're in the house. All right, they'll just stay there. They're in the house, but they're not moving, so you know what? It's cool. Let them yeah. play Mortal Kombat. We don't care. It's fine. Yeah. Generally, generally, and I like how, like, unlike movies I've seen like this, really, like, Jim is very distraught over it. Yeah. And yeah. really trying to, like, hey, I could have killed, you know, I could have been killed myself. And, you know, I need some help, and I need to do this, or I need to straighten myself out. I mean, it is kind of his fault, even though it wasn't his idea, but it, going along with it uh, meant one of them was going to die. Not to a cliff. The, Unless yeah. They I, were both, like, oh, yeah, they were both probably supposed to tuck and roll. Yeah, it, it did kind of hit me now as to why this is a... You know, the movie title is the way it is, you know, with Rebel Without a Cause. Because he's just he's just rebelling against everything. everything he doesn't yeah. have something yeah. specific that is his that yeah. is his cause. Clearly. Yeah, right. He's just Oh, uh, I I read in the Dramatica analysis that um, it says that the overall story goal common Concern to the objective characters is to be part of a happy functional family, whether their own or as part of a peer group. Huh. See, I, I never really, I, I would never pick that up watching it by myself. I, I don't know, I just felt like there was a lot of themes, but I wasn't qu- quite sure what the point was, so I, I don't know. I, I'm not exactly the best at uh, analyzing movies like as a grand story argument dramatic thing I can definitely I don't know I can definitely see the kind of found family situation going on like trying to find your um I try to find your your functional your your like functional happy family it doesn't necessarily mean it has to be blood because found family is just as much family as you know the the folks that you were you know, born related to, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, sometimes you could find better family without the ones who you're blood related to. Mm-hmm. Like Plato and the maid lady? Yep. Yeah, Plato, the maid lady, Plato, and everybody else yep. in general. Uh, yeah. Yep. Which, by the way, Play- Plato, God, he, 
he really, really, really needs a family. Yes. And you can see this, how he's putting all this stuff, how, like, Jim is his best friend, even though he just met him. Yep. And now he likes... He's he like, yeah. He's in love with him. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely. Uh, Pretty much. I mean, I, from, I did a quick Google, and I guess the actor did say that later on that the character was gay. But it, it is kind of like, at first it's like, wow, he really seems to have a crush on Jim. Oh, big But then time. later on it's like... He sees him as a father figure. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Type, so it's oh, kind I, of I, ambiguous. I actually, no, my first first reaction was, yeah, no, he wants it big time. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was my first thought was, oh, yeah, he's uh, he's definitely interested. So, you know, he just, oh, he, yeah. wants a, he wants the thruple situation going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and, you know. I was I was expecting jealousy when Judy got involved. Yeah, and Judy, I mean, you could see right away that they were going to have a love interest. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it brought me back to when we did Zapped Again, <laughs> and how, like, the two, the, the 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 couple that ended up being together, I mean, you, they, they purposely put this up there, that once you saw the two of them, she would give this real starstruck awe look to the male lead. Right. And it just, just to make fun of that fact that, you know, the you know who's going to get together. Right. And, I mean, this is one, like, as soon as you saw her in the police station, you know they're going to get together. Right. And, I mean, Jim's remorse is his own right, where he has this arc, how he's going through his day, and, you know, this one whole day of trying to say, okay, look, somebody did something, I need to go to the cops and tell somebody something. Mm -hmm. And how Judy's reaction of, you know, getting through the day and... By the way, you could see, like, the 1955, how it's, uh, the, her parents have the separate beds. Yeah, I laughed like yeah. that. I told him immediately, yeah. I was like, look, they have separate beds! Yeah. Oh, yeah. And he's and like... kind of funny, although, yeah. I mean, maybe one of them tosses and turns, but, yeah. No, nah, it's still, that was just life. That was just life in general, I and mean, it reminded me of the, uh, Dennis the Menace show. It was the same deal. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, where his parents had separate beds, too, and that was, that was, those were plot points. And also Pleasantville, too. Yeah. So here, yeah. Here. They got parents the one of king beds. No, Dennis the Menace's parents had separate beds because Dennis was a menace and they didn't want another one. <laughs> <laughs> but I said to him, I was like, how did they have kids to begin with? And he's like, well, they pushed the beds together. I'm like, no. They made that into a king bed, baby. <laughs> Oh, that's funny. But uh, when I, when I, are we not at the, we're not at the mansion yet, are we? Oh, we close. Yeah, yeah. there. We yeah. just gotta do the police station thing first. Because I wanted like, to yeah, say cause... that, uh, oh, crap, I blanked out. Uh, police station? Oh, because the way, uh, when, uh, Jim and Judy go up the stairs in the abandoned mansion, um, and Plato's like wants to follow after them or something. It totally reminded me of the room with uh, Danny. Well, oh, uh, Danny. Well, well we had I some know? we had some room okay. moments in this movie anyway. Okay. You're yeah, tearing yeah. me apart, and I'm just like yes, Lisa. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It just yep. sort of, I'm like, okay, that's where it came from. Yep. He didn't say Lisa, but... No, but no I did. did. Yeah. <laughs> That's where it came from in general. Like it, Tommy Wiseau was... Uh-huh. kind of funny. Yeah. Of that. 
Well, I mean, from the uh, from the uh, biopic of his with uh, James Franco, I mean, it was something that uh, Greg Sestero actually said, and also in, uh, in his book that um, uh, Tommy Wiseau was heavily obsessed with James Dean through the movie. Really? To I'm try to be able surprised. to get a mysticism. So, I mean, yeah, it makes sense to me. And, you know, where we hit at the end with, um, well, towards the end of the final scene, you know, when they're in the mansion, and, I mean, these beautiful scenes where you see they're kind of bonding, and, of course, Janie's, uh, Judy's now with everybody, mm-hmm. and, you know, now, oh, my boyfriend's dead, now I'm going with you now, like, because my character needs to have somebody to move forward. I just met you, and I love you. Yeah. This is crazy. I feel like it wasn't as rushed as it could have been. been. I mean, everything is compressed into 24 hours. Well, they they had more, at least, dialogue than most of the other movies that we've seen. The two characters at least talked to each other. Mm. They had a little bit of trauma that they went through. Yeah, that. Mm-hmm. I yeah. that was probably it. Yeah. At first, like, oh no, don't you be hitting on the uh, girlfriend of the guy you just kind of helped kill. Right. Well, I mean, yeah, yeah. There, there is a trauma bond, you're right. Yeah. But he wasn't really hitting on her. It's, it no. seemed more like sincere at, uh, caring. At, at first, in the at, like at the beginning of the movie, when he first met her, he was sort of hitting on her, but that was before you even knew that yeah. she had a boyfriend. Yeah. yeah, he was also, well, no, there's the, the next day. I was going to say, he was also very drunk at the police station. No, it was the next day, like, when, in the morning when he was, like, jumping over the fence, and he was like, hi! Hey! <laughs> hey! It's like, what are you, Navi? I thought that hey. was, hey, I actually thought that was cute. <laughs> I did, I thought that was kind of cute. Um, but, that no, I actually kind of liked the fact that she apologized to him, too, for being a bitch. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it kind of, yeah. Sorry, I was so mean to you. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, she wasn't... I I just feel like for a quick, um, something that happened in such a short span of time, it was handled well. Yeah, Yeah. it was. Kind of believable. I do agree with you there that it was, it was well done compared to a lot of the other 50s and 60s movies and 40s movies that we've seen, where it's the, I just met you and I love you. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, yeah, I, I have really nothing more to say about that. Yeah, 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 pl- yeah. We're a family now. It's like, okay, chill out there, buddy. And by the way, my name's not Jamie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah right. the Jamie thing was actually kind of funny. The fact that she called him Jamie and he's like, what? Yeah. <laughs> Excuse me. The hell are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> also found it kind of interesting was that he's always the one lighting a cigarette. Yeah, yep. for, for everyone. For everybody. That no one else does it, or he lights the cigarettes for them. And, and they keep they keep pulling them out of his hand too. He's, at one point, he's just kind of looking like, really? Oh, yeah. he's like, oh come on. No, Buzz, when Buzz pulled it out of his hand too, he gave him a look like, for real? <laughs> <laughs> and then when they're playing in the pool in the mansion, and then they're kind of like, the okay, empty pool. yeah, 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 yeah. Somebody which, fill the pool. Yeah, which we found that that was. Um, the, oh yeah, I gotta the, tell you, because I. I made the joke because um they're they're all hiding out in the mansion just to get away from everybody and everything because i don't know uh, jim talking to his parents about i want to go to the cops and tell them i was involved in this thing didn't go over well because his parents were like well why unless you bring in the others why should you be the only one that whole thing pissed me off too that whole scene with his parents 
That whole scene pissed me off. Right. Because his dad's got no spine. His father has no spine. His mother is like, why do you want to get yourself in trouble? And it's like, why would you do this to me? Yeah. Why would you do? Basically, why would you do this to me? And it's like, wait a minute. Your son actually is saying that he feels guilty because he was involved in something that he really shouldn't have been. He realizes that his actions caused a very bad consequence. Right. Even though and it wasn't help. his necessary fault that this person died, yeah, what, but he was involved in the accident that caused it. He feels bad. He wants to turn himself in to explain what happened, and you're telling him no. Right. What will the papers think? I found that interesting because it was kind of went against what I would expect right. from a parent. But then when you think about it, like realistically, it, it could make sense. I mean, yeah. you, you don't want your kid to en- potentially end up in jail, especially if it wasn't something, if it's not something that was yeah. their fault. But you also shouldn't just sweep it under the rug. Yeah, the whole thing was just the yeah. was straight up, at least from we'll the mom again. from the mom's angle. What will the neighbors think? Why? How could you do this to me? Right. And this is, but this is an ongoing problem with this family because, because he did mention that. Uh, she nearly died in childbirth. Yeah, yeah, and he, yeah. but she's, gonna be about she's her. kind of blaming all of this on him. Like, you almost killed me. Give me. I almost died giving birth to you. You almost killed me already. Now you're just trying to make my life even harder as you're living. She's wielding guilt like a fucking scimitar. And, he, and basically every time he gets in trouble, she has more ammunition to use against him. I was thinking that maybe because... She almost sacrificed her life for him. She doesn't want to see him end up in jail, get a record, ruin his life. But I don't. Then it would mean she almost died for nothing. I don't see her using it that way though, because she's using it as guilt for him. To, I don't think she even cares so much about him ruining his life. It's more of him ruining her life. Right. She cares more about herself than she does him. Yeah, it's a lot of image, and I mean, it's eventually for uh, forty forty one media. We are going to introduce a a new series um, that you know, short lived. I'm interviewing my grandmother, mm-hmm. and um, trying to parlay it into something more. But uh, one of the episodes that we're still pushing, the, you know, once we get them all together. Then we'll release it out. But um, one of the things we found um, was that, that generation, it really became protection about the family. Mm-hmm. And especially. For context, she's 94? She's 95. Oh, what yeah. generation is that? Is that the greatest uh, generation? Greatest yeah, generation. greatest, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, it's in, in the. Even though James Dean is like 10 years, at this point, 10 years younger than her. She's facing that same generation, and when she was growing up, it's a lot of it became what would the neighbors think, and you know, no, you're a part of this community, and like specifically like here, it's a very dominant Portuguese community, mm-hmm. and you married into the Portuguese if you're a Catholic, you married Catholic, and you know, and so on and so on, and she explained a lot of that, and I could I could see this. In this particular movie, and I mean, she's a great lover of old Hollywood, so we've bonded very close over me doing the show. Um, but I see this, and I'm like, yeah, I get it. 
I get it because it's not really different from anyone else. Because I mean, we're we're looking at it out under you know these eyes, right. you know, in this generation. Because you know who the hell you know like my parents would be like, oh, what the hell would the neighbors think? Don't worry about it. Right. You're fine. Right. You know, and I mean that's been what would the neighbors think in very various different reasons. Right. Um, but for I us, mean, if people were close, more closer connected like depending on where they live yeah i mean you wouldn't want to be treated like a pariah no that'd be like social suicide no but it's still like they just moved to this area too so like they haven't been here that long oh we're gonna move now now that you're in trouble they haven't they haven't even established any bonds yet no no it's just just get out of the area yeah just get out of the area i mean he is right he is absolutely right i mean you know and then when all this going on, you could see, like, the movie kind of, like, I needed to process this ending. Yeah. Because, right... Wait, are we gonna... The pool thing. They hide out in the abandoned yeah. mansion that Plato knows about. Yeah, it's from here to the end the I needed to process I, this. Yeah. I feel like this was a good rest from the drama. Because yeah. they're just kind of having fun. We're seeing them bond. Um, they're more relaxed. And I just made this joke, like... Because they're playing around the em- in the empty pool, and I'm like, oh no, watch out, or Norma Desmond will come out and shoot your ass. And then it turns out that was actually the pool from Sunset Boulevard. Huh. <laughs> Neat. Yeah, because a lot of this yeah. was done like around in and around LA, because that ob- observatory is in so many bloody movies. That's you know like an LA landmark. So. Huh, I didn't know that. I'm curious. I'm curious to see what it is now. Hopefully, but still. But the bullies. Is. Yeah, the bullies find him. Yeah. Running around trying to find him. And this is the point where I needed to process this till the very end, like the last 15 minutes of the movie. You know, where they find him, they find, uh, they find Plato, face down, and they're also you know joking about the fact and laughing that he ran out very quickly because he has mismatched socks by the way that wasn't in the script yeah that was uh, Adlib really it yeah was a coincidence that wasn't in the script they just kind of you know James Dean looked at it he laughed and they were like oh right, yeah keep that in <laughs> that was yeah. cute That's great. He, was, he ran out quick yeah it yeah, Jim and Judy left Plato alone because Plato fell asleep, and they figured they'd go explore the mansion, make out, that kind of thing. Yeah. But then the bullies come while they're gone, and Plato gets really upset because he's like, why did you abandon me? Yeah. But I even, I was telling Dan this, too. They gave, they covered him. Like, they gave him a jacket. Yeah. yeah, they, yeah. they left him a candle. Like, they, did, they weren't leaving him behind. They wanted, they made sure he was comfortable. But at the same time... Once he's not stable. No, he's no. not. Plato's kind of broken. Yeah, and they and uh, uh, Jim actually feels guilty about it later. He realizes that we shouldn't have left him alone. Right. Yeah, and he takes he takes the. It's interesting though, because I thought about that now, and now that it's you just said that, it brought back another thought. It's like. His dad wasn't really the dad, so he's got to be his own paternal influence. Right. Mm-hmm. And he's got to be influenced by himself. Wait, yeah. which character were we talk about? Jim, uh, J- James Dean's character has got to be the dad for himself. Yep. 
So he's got to be the stand-up one, and he's got to be the one because he doesn't really have a father figure himself that he need that he need that he needs to follow. Plato also has a, a problem because his dad's I, I don't dead. Know, his dad's out of the picture. Yeah, his dad's dead. Yeah. He flat no, out. He just said that. Yeah. No, his dad's yeah, not he, actually he dead. His well dad dead. just left. Yeah. He just oh. makes shit up about yeah. his dad. Oh, okay. Yeah, his dad's not actually dead. His dad's just gone. He said he might as well be. Yeah. Oh. Alright, so, I mean, but still, it's, it's odd. It's, it's odd in its own right, and I mean, the movie itself but, now takes a very dark turn very fast. Things go... You, uh, Plato does bad. manage to get home and get in the house as the bullies are chasing him, and that's when he grabs the gun. I don't know, he had, he had the gun before the, he went to the, uh, uh, before he went to the mansion. He had the gun already. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm kind of confused about the timeline because I I thought it was in response to the bullies. He didn't just be like he was very upset when he went and grabbed it from under somebody's pit. I, I don't know if that was supposed to be his room or. Yeah, I think it was his. Yeah. Room? Oh. Not what you would expect from a '50s teen boy. No. No, but either way, I mean, he grabs it, they take off, and also the bullies hang a live chicken in, in, uh, at James's house, and that is, oh, that's a very painful thing for a chicken. I would imagine. That's that. a very painful Getting thing for a chicken, by the legs. way. I mean, it'll keep the chicken alive, but if you hang a chicken upside down, it actually st stuns it, and it'll stay. Uh, that's why it stopped moving. Yeah, it'll stay then it was still. It'll stay still, but the second you start moving, it'll start fighting itself because the only weapon it has is its talons. And, you know, then it'll start moving, then it realizes it can try to free itself and then use its beaks. Chickens are fucking assholes. That's why I eat a chicken sandwich every once in a while. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like Jim Gaffigan, you know, this chicken sandwich tastes great. Good thing the bastard tried to steal my car. It makes sense to me. And, you know... People make chickens be assholes. Yeah, I mean, the chickens are angry. Yeah. They want a chicken rebellion. No, they're they're angry. They're they're angry, angry, angry creatures. Angry birds. Oh, chickens used to be velociraptors, and they remember. Yeah. And now they're pissed off at what <laughs> at what they've become. <laughs> I I think the sweetest scene is where you know the everybody shows up, cops show up, somebody's got a gun, they're broken into this mansion. And the bullies are chasing him. They the have cops chains. are chasing him. Pl uh, Plato locks himself into the observatory, which happens to be right nearby. Which after shooting one of the bullies. Yeah, but physics of this movie are very strange because early on in the observatory, oh, it seems yeah. like it's very far away, but then it's right next door. Well, it towards yeah. the end there. Well, I can I can explain that. This is in it's in the Hollywood Hills where a lot of mansions are. So he wouldn't have been that far from the observatory. Like the actual the observatory is up in like the Hollywood Hills where there are a lot of mansions. Right, but it was it wouldn't be immediately next door, but yeah. it wouldn't be that huge of a trek to get okay. to either. Yeah, okay. good, thank you. But the um this whole part I mean and then when Jim James Dean is talking to Plato trying to get him to calm down, he takes the bullets out of the gun, and just getting him to coax his way out slowly. I was I mean, wondering why he gave him back the gun, because the cops see that 
they're not gonna know it's not loaded anymore. Right, right. And, and he, yeah. Plato would probably notice a difference in weight. I mean, I don't know how light or heavy a. Not necessarily. For that type of gun, the barrel's actually a lot heavier. So oh. you wouldn't you wouldn't necessarily notice the difference if it was something that was a lot larger, like a um, I don't know guns personally. Shotgun. Yeah, well, like a shotgun, you'd kind of notice it. But if it was something that was a lot heavier, like a cartoony type western gun, you'd notice the bullets were gone. Yeah. You know this one, I don't think you would notice it too too much. But then again, where Plato's state is, I don't think he would really notice it himself. See. And Regardless. The one, the one thing I thought about for, with this was, yeah, he, he took the bullets out. He took the magazine out. That kind of gun still holds one in the in the chamber. Yeah. So, oh. yeah, there could potentially be a real issue that right. happens here. Right, yeah. Right, and, you know, he coaxed himself out. I mean, he's being a better hostage negotiator than the hostage negotiator. There wasn't even a hostage negotiator. Oh, wait, the, yeah. there's the cop. That yeah. Was, eventually, the, there was a hostage. Yeah, that he'll eventually be the chief. You know, the, the, guy from, the guy from the juvenile division who's waiting, and then, you know, they pull him out, and then they shoot Plato. But the very good scene where James James is like, I got the bullets! Right. What the hell? Yeah. I can, you know, like, I, how would they know from a distance? It's true. Yeah. It's... it's but he's also being a teenager where you don't think three steps down. Right. No. You don't think about the entirety of it. You know, you don't think about the whole picture clearly. Because there's a horror show still going on in your brain. Right. You know, which is... Which is just just generally being a teenager. You, yeah. Like, teenagers, like, honestly can't think things all the way through because the they're same, just not developed enough. At the no. same time, he wasn't holding anybody hostage. No. Right. Like, he wasn't, there wasn't that much of a threat to anybody at that point. So. They, they just saw that Plato, because Plato wanted the lights turned out and for them to back up a little because he was afraid. Right. And then when some idiot cop ended up turning on the lights and was like, he's got a gun. Yeah. And saw, and Plato, I don't know, he raised it or something. I don't know if he was going to do anything, but that's what got him shot is he yeah. was armed. And, yeah. And Jim Backus plays a really good role here where he thought it was his own kid, and I was... Oh, because it's a jacket. Yeah. Jacket, and he freaks out. Yeah, and it's just, he plays that, and I could see my own dad in that role. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm like, okay, he he had something here to, to me. I think so. I mean, and the, the movie ends. Yeah. And that's it. It, it just... The process of this, and I mean, I just, I went through a very difficult week myself, mm. you know, with a close friend who passed away, or a week ago, actually, that's why I wasn't in fantasy casting last week. Yeah. Um, and, you know, and I'm like, ooh, okay, it didn't leave me with a very easy turn here. No. And it just, wow, like, even when I texted in a private chat, I'm like, I needed to process this, I see this morning. Yeah, I needed to process yeah, that too. Yeah, it took me. It took me a little bit. I understood exactly what you meant when you said that when yeah. the movie ended, because I was just like, "Shit!" I was not expecting it. Like yeah. this, this movie. Did, I don't know what I was expecting at the end of this movie, but it was not that. So, yeah, yeah. this movie uh, threw me for a loop. Yeah. Well, it doesn't just end at Plato 
did. I mean, there's a few minutes of yeah. people a few processing minutes and, stuff. Like, yeah, and Jim's dad promises to stand up for himself and for his son, and whether that actually whether, whether occurs. He follows through on that, we don't know because the movie ends after that. But but his and his mom, but uh, his dad and his mom, they they smile at each other. Well, at least there's that. Yeah. <laughs> but it, I mean, maybe they're gonna try to do something different, at least. Well, what one can hope. At least they're gonna stay. I mean, he introduces Judy to them, and oh yeah, that's the, that's okay. one hell of a way to All introduce right, her. That was, this is Judy. Okay. I actually I I said it as a joke, and then it actually happened. Because I looked at Dan when he was walking over, and I'm like, look, look, Dan, he's gonna say, look. Mom, Dad, this is Judy. And he's and he walks over and he said, Mom, Dad, this is Judy. And I was like, I was fucking joking. Are you like, I was like, this is not what I meant. I'm like, okay, so he actually said it. All right. Like, I was not expecting that line to come out of him. And I was like, oh, oh, he's actually introducing them to his girl. Okay. I mean, at that point, he's just kind of traumatized. Right. Like, what else can you say at that point? It's just right. like, yeah, yeah my, my friend got shot. And um, I think he might actually be dead. This is Judy. This is Judy. It's been a day. <laughs> we've had a very... I like yeah. to go to bed. Yeah, we've had a very interesting day. One of my best shirts is now bloody. Yeah, my jacket's over there. Yeah, with the dead My guy. jacket is bloody now. Yeah. I don't think I'm getting it back. No. <laughs> that my jacket is evidence now. Yeah. <laughs> and you don't even, like... You know, it ends very ambiguously because you really don't know what's going to happen after that. Like, right. I mean, I don't think he's gonna end up in juvie. No, you don't think. Don't think because he's gonna end up in juvie because he didn't actually do anything. Do anything except for be stupid. And they don't flat out say that. Um, uh, that he's that dead. Pla that Plato is dead. Oh, it's kind of obvious though. It's it's understood, well, I, I but they don't come out and say. Said, it. but it's not like anyone felt for a pulse. Well, it's kind of obvious though. The guy, kid's laying yeah. on the ground. Nobody's like he's not moving. Uh, James Dean zips up the jacket. Yeah. Uh, Judy yeah. comes over with the other yeah. shoe that he's missing, puts the shoe on him. It's pretty obvious he's not. He's dead. Yeah. Dude, from the goddamn it doesn't, shoe. Uh, doesn't the caretaker lady say that he's in a better place yeah, now or something? Yeah, I mean, I'm pretty Maybe. sure he's yeah. he's deceased. There, there ain't no saving him. Yeah. It. Yeah. Yeah. What's interesting is, uh, according to the Dramatica analysis, uh, the story is a success with a judgment of good. I what does that mean? I'll explain. A success means the goal was achieved because uh, Judy loves Jim and that makes her happy. And then the, the Stark family, uh, it says the Stark family is united with the indication that they will be a happy family, you know, with the whole introducing Judy thing. Um, I mean, and but, but, I guess, but would you call it a happy ending? It's like the, the goals might have been achieved, but I don't know if I would call this a happy ending. Right. They're not necessarily the same thing. But yeah. um, no, is it, She's saying it's a good, a, a good conclusion, not a happy ending. Ah, okay. Yeah. But uh, a, a story judgment of good would be whether... Overall, it's. Well, I don't know. The, I mean, uh, the but, goals, the goals of the of the story have been achieved. Yeah. But yeah, yeah it doesn't necessarily mean the ending is is happy. It just means that the goals that were set out for the story have been achieved. But um, I guess 
a story judgment of good would mean that the main character solved his personal problem. It says Jim's father stands up as a man and turns to help his son stand up, assuring that he, Jim that he can trust him. I, mm. I don't remember that specifically. I, I don't. Nec- else? I don't necessarily believe that, honestly, because it doesn't. Ne- that doesn't seem that's provable. Him saying yeah. it. Actions say, actions are louder than words, and uh, he him saying it doesn't prove that he's going to do it, and the movie does not prove that. He didn't say any. I don't think he said anything. He does. He, he says does. he says that he's going to stand behind him. Oh. He does say that, but uh, he's said that before, and he. But not in front of his mom. Right. Yeah. This time he does say it in front of the mother, but that doesn't necessarily mean that he's going to do it. It's like, Jim, you don't know how mean she gets. You have to, you don't have to share a bedroom with her. Sorry. <laughs> they probably didn't share a bedroom. I just found it interesting how the, whoever wrote the analysis was able to come up with a clear interpretation, but just me watching the movie, I was just like, okay, so that stuff happened. I don't know why, but, uh, what's the moral of the story? Uh, I don't know. The point of the story? I don't know. Teens being angsty? It's definitely angsty movie. Angsty teen movie. Oh, yeah. Most definitely. But then again, most teen movies are angsty teen movies. Unless it's set out to be a specific comedy, most teen movies are angsty teen movies. And I mean that was the way to what James Dean was known for was a was the angst angst trouble team. Which he didn't want actually. Really. Yeah, uh, he was actually going out to try to get rid of that image, and then he died. Yeah. Yeah, he was trying to shake that off, like he was trying to look for projects that got away from that. Huh. Yeah. Oh. Makes you wonder what it would be like if he survived. That's the that's the thing is like he died before he could ever actually do that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, he died in a racing accident. Yeah. But I was gonna ask what did what did he die of? Because I honestly didn't. I know it was a car thing, but yeah, it was a racing accident. Yeah, he had. Um, he. Did you learn anything from these fifties movies? No. Don't have fucking race car racing. Yeah. He did not. He learned nothing. He fell in love with he fell in love with stock cars and racing, and yep. then he he had it. And um, his last words were, um, you know, that that guy better stop. He'll see us. And uh, it was radioed to his picker, and then he hit a wall. Yep. And well, it, yeah, it was proved that um, he his death was instantaneous. Yep. You know, and it just it hit him like, oh man, that's. Tragedy in its own right, but it also it's like back to where I was in the beginning. John Lennon was the more famous Beatle because he died first. So we now have had, you know, he was around and successful for 20 years from, you know, from the point of his heyday. And we've had now twice his lifetime almost. And... You know, I don't want to do old math and really think about comparison how old I am versus how old he was when he died. Old math is never math that anyone comes out of, you know, feeling. No, good about. no, no one gets ahead. No one gets Wasn't ahead he like because 40? it does. It does. Yeah, he went not much further. 
not much further in all honesty, but he had, you know, he did that and, you know, there's a mysticism because we have almost, he was, he's been gone almost as long as he was here now. Mm. And with James Dean, you know, he had it, then like also like Jimi Hendrix, he came, he had his heyday. Marilyn Monroe. And Marilyn Monroe too, yeah. They came, they had their heyday and they went. Yep. And, you know, and then there, there's that little blip of time that they were able to show everything. And just to me, that's the only reason why he is the way he is. Um, but this movie, it's good. I didn't hate it. I didn't hate it either. Um, I'm not sure. I'm not sure I'd go out of my way to watch it again. I don't again. think I'd watch it again. But... Me neither. Right. Yeah, me neither. I mean, some scenes pretty interesting. Like. Yeah. I mean, we can get it. I'll give a few thoughts. I can get into it uh, further, but. Um, uh, and fantasy casting. So why don't we yeah. do that? Wanna take a uh, gonna take, take a, a quick break. break, talk about forty forty one media, we'll be right back. Hey everybody, thanks so much for listening. Movie Theater Time Machine is a part of the 4041 Media Group with podcasts like Sake Your Crime and Free Your Geek, which you can check out at 4041media.com. That's all squished together in one word, and the numbers are written as numbers. Now it's time to tell us what you think. If you got an opinion or wanted to know what's coming up next, find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram by searching for Movie Theater Time Machine. Now our podcast will always be free. Free? To subscribe and share. But if you'd like to help us build a bigger, better podcast, not to mention our confidence, you can find merchandise designed by me, Kaz, at Zazzle. Or check out the Kaz Foxen's Animal Shop at Zazzle for cute animal gifts and pet supplies. Thanks so much, and back to the show. And we're back. Oh, man. All right. So I Gino have... doesn't understand phones. Nah. <laughs> Dur- yeah, during the break, we're trying to show that uh, trying to show Chino that Cass is on the other end of the phone, and he apparently thinks she's trapped in there, and he does not like it one little bit. <laughs> I was like, I'm a robot now, you robo-phone. And he's just growling at the phone. He's like, well, all right, fine, I get it. That's how you get Skynet, I see. But, <laughs> um, all right, so, um, I have a fantasy casting. Alright. Is it Marty uh, McFly? It is not Marty McFly, surprisingly enough. Uh, based on oh. a on one of the shouted lines at the beginning, I would like to replace oh, James no. Dean with Tommy Wiseau. You're tearing me apart, Lisa! <laughs> yep. Uh, that's uh, 29. 29. Yeah, okay. Oh. There was a tragic gun ending in that one, in the room, also. Yeah, because yeah. the room was just trying to be rebel without a cause, really. It was! It was really, just, yeah. Just with, you know... Including third wheel Denny. Yeah. It really was. Mm-hmm. It start, uh, well, the, the main difference was, you know, The Room was starring a guy who is a racist caricature of a race that doesn't exist. Yeah. So. <laughs> right. I was thinking Vampire Frankenstein. A little bit, yeah. yeah. It's like, it's, I don't know what Tommy Wiseau is supposed to be, and he won't say, because I don't think he knows either. No. He's from, like, the Xenu star system or some nonsense. <laughs> I don't know. So, all right, so that was mine. And, but uh, it makes him, it helps make him memorable. And that's what counts in the arts. Yeah. Yeah, I think Tommy Wiseau is like that, um, it's like the, um, oh, God, I cannot remember the, uh, the, uh, the episode of Futurama where they had that alien race that got uh, American uh, got Earth TV 
like 50 or 60 years too late and Fry was the only one who knew about the episode. Or Fry and Bender. Oh, uh, uh, wasn't it? I thought it was, um, it was they, the, like the, the... Oh, the evil, Cronian? It was the evil... The Cronian, yeah. Okay, I thought it was like the evil space cloud that loved yeah. Star Trek, but yeah. like nobody could no, no, Star no, Trek. No, 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 The one with the, whose offspring are the poplars, right? Yeah. Uh, Omicron uh, Percy I-8? Yeah. Yeah, it's the, yeah, it's those where they do that, and then like the show ends up, it got canceled, and they have to really figure out what, how the ending went. Yeah. And it just Single like female lawyer. Yeah, that one. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and uh, why Tom, does she not simply eat the smaller ones? Tommy Wiseau was an alien who consumed all TV, and it did not get all of it right. No, <laughs> like he like he consumed all the pilots that didn't make it to TV. <laughs> and then really, and then realize it's like, oh, okay, I make film now. I make great film of ever. I make movie um, film. <laughs> movie film, that'll be so good and so great, everyone will like it, huh? Oh, hi, Mark. By the oh, way, hi, Mark. Mark. How's your sex life? Yeah, right. And you know, Johnny John from the Room dot com. I know who you are. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. But say, hey, it's better to make something a spectacular failure than not known at all. True. True. He actually made that movie to that, be a yeah. He made that movie I to was... yeah. He made that movie to be a dramatic film. Yeah. And then, he likes uh, to claim that he meant yeah. it as as comedy, but it's just like no, 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 no. Yeah. Yeah. He wanted this to be dramatic. Yeah. When it's everyone well documented laughing. at the at the uh, at the premiere. It's like thank you for coming to my movie film, my comedy movie, which is what I intended. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it, if it intends to be funny, then that then it wouldn't be so bad. It's good. No. I guess. So, I have one um, for uh, James Dean, and um, this is one to try to beat that, but he reminds me very much of Justin Timberlake. Why? And I just... I mean, looks-wise, I can almost see it, but Justin Timberlake himself is an asshole. Yeah. Pretty good actor, though. When I think yeah. of him, though, I think of him with curly hair, yeah. so... Yeah, but it just reminded me... like, wicked straight hair, so. Yeah, it reminded me, personality-wise, of when uh, he did a movie that was fairly good, but the concept was just slightly off, was called In Time. Yeah. And it just very, very, very close to it, but not quite getting his chops right. Was that the one where people had the, the rest of their life left? Like, it was on their on Past their 30, they had to work to live, yeah. Okay. Yeah, so you could Time spend, like, four minutes to get high. coffee and... Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Time was money. Yeah. And it just... It was a good idea, but just didn't mm-hmm. quite do it. It was a nicer Logan's run. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it didn't quite do it. It just took me right out of the movie anyways. I just, from that, I just, I see, I see similarities, and I don't know, this movie would have, would not have been celebrated if James Dean was, was alive when it was out. It's just, that's just my thought. I mean, yeah, I mean it was a good movie, don't get me wrong, but. And no. That's a seven. Okay. No. Give it a shake. No. Seventeen. No. <laughs> Ain't doing it, No. Somebody so, gonna do Marty McFly. Yeah, let's do it. Gino, you can roll for Marty McFly, right? Give him, give him, a, give him a sniff. There you go. All right. That's a uh, 20, 21. 21. All right. All right. So, All right. Good. so 
the chicky race is gonna go very differently because one of those cars is a fucking DeLorean. <laughs> so when it flies off the cliff, it, ju- it goes. It just keeps time. going. No, when it goes and off the can- cliff. It's not doing 88 when it goes off the cliff, but it accelerates as it falls, and then boosh, and oh, Buzz is fine. Fire! It lights <laughs> everyone on fire, but that's okay, because he goes back in time, and he makes sure the bullies aren't poor. <laughs> <laughs> Problem solved. The condom worked this time. Then again, if he hates his life so much, maybe he would make himself disappear. Well, you figure out, or he figures out when the bullies were going to be conceived. He just runs into the room and just slaps the guy across the ass. And he runs out. And so he interrupts this, the situation. It's like, it's like Hot Tub Time Machine. He got interrupted and he started to fade. Remember? Come on. That's not what happens. with the rest, rest of the town change. That's not what happens at all. He disappears at, when he interrupts. Uh, That's not what happens. But he, but he does. No. Will, yes, well, I will put the fucking movie on and I'll show you. I have seen that you. movie a dozen times. That is not what happens. Okay. I know what I'm talking about. That is not what happens. Well, preventing the bullies from existing lead to terrible, terrible ripple effects. Yeah, because instead of the bullies, now it's just T-Rexes, like, lurking, <laughs> or, like roaming the land. <laughs> hey. You went off on the, you stepped on the school insignia. It's a T-Rex trying to have a knife fight, but he can't reach. <laughs> oh, one of the, Buzz's parents still try to conceive, but instead of Buzz, they have Hitler too. Oh god, <laughs> Hitler too, electric boogaloo. Oh, no. oh, it's turned into Kung Fury. And, and then everything's a dystopia now. This whole thing is turned into Kung Fury. I'm hacking the future. Oh, God. That sounds like a Neil Breen thing. Uh, have, have you seen Kung Fury? I made them watch it. Yes. Yeah, yeah Kung... Oh. It is... I like it. Yes. Oh, wait, I had... Okay, I just had an idea. Oh, Was that another wait, idea that sounds for... familiar. Okay. Was that something on the computer? Yes. yes. Yeah. It's on YouTube. Everyone should watch oh, it. Oh, okay. Kung Fury is amazing, and the video game's not bad either. It's kind of like uh, One Finger Death Punch. Mm. <laughs> it's a video game. Okay. Um, okay, what was I saying? Point. Yes, so, uh, I replaced Tommy, uh, Tommy Wiseau for, uh, James Dean earlier. Mm. So, I have an idea to make this, like, the ultimate bad, good, bad movie. Okay. Replace Buzz with Neil Breen. Ah, oh, dude! And just have the two of them Shit. bounce off each other. It's like the, 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 it's, it's the pairing of the century. Yeah, that's a that's, 24. That's a 24. That's okay. the one true pairing. <laughs> okay. And so I when ship Buzz it. goes over the cliff, he's I... like, ah. Oh, no. Okay, I have that scene. <laughs> okay, we're going to do the chicky run. And what's going to happen? I'm going to get in that car. You're going to get in the other car. We're going to try to go over the cliff, and the one who goes off loses. By the way, how's your sex life? <laughs> how's your sex life, huh? <laughs> what? <laughs> No, oh, fine, we'll do this. Plato's I'll hack Danny. into the secret of Plato's Danny. secrets. Oh, Jesus. Plato is Danny. <laughs> Definitely. So does that mean Kristen Stewart is Judy? <laughs> I guess. Oh. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, just, I just... still believe she can't act her way out of the paper bag. No. She's better than you think, but... Well, give me a move. What? Kristen you wouldn't Stewart. believe me anyway, because oh. you don't know how things work in movies. Yeah. 
yeah. Thirty-four. Uh, 34. <laughs> oh wow. Hey, we have a time problem then, because we have um, Jim as two different people now. Is that related to time shenanigans? Who's, Did who's, he turn no, no, himself Jim, into no, no. Tommy Wiseau? No, no. Jim would be Tommy. Jim would be played by jo- Tommy Wiseau. Buzz is Neil Breen, and then Judy is Kristen Stewart. Just because, just so we'd have no inflection whatsoever, except for James Dean, who has inflection in the wrong parts. <laughs> Dad, you got to be a better man. You got to fix this bitch. Yeah. So maybe he used to be Marty McFly, but then he did something in the past that changed him into Tommy Wiseau. <laughs> you got to be able to do it. You know, this family is so fucking stupid, huh? <laughs> oh my God. I'm fed up with this world. I'm fed up with it. I'm going back. I'm turning myself in, you stupid bitch. Everybody betray me. Everybody betray me. Not a cop won't talk to me. I'm taking the bullets, you fucking asshole. <laughs> I've got the bullets! What would we call this? Uh, a disaster. A disaster! <laughs> Rebel without a script? Rebel without a script, I love yeah. that. Okay, you know, yep, I'm backing that Is one there- up. Rebel it's without a script. In this. Is there sci-fi shit going on? Oh, of course. With trash bags and computers <laughs> that are turned off? Yeah, yeah. Weird desert shit. Yeah, it's like three broken it's... laptops that he's hacking the government with. Yeah. Sure, yeah. So not? he's trying to do the he's trying to do the chicky run, and he's eating tuna. <laughs> While he does that, when he goes off the cliff, he just fades out into obscurity. <laughs> oh, shit! The whole car just fades away with him in it. No, he is fades away while the while the car goes off. And then, then the long shot is literally, it's just a matchbox car getting thrown in a pool. Yeah. <laughs> and then he jumps I, I in the pool would, with his instead ass. Instead of the mansion, he would, they would end up in a weird desert with, like, random sim- symbolic crap yeah. laying around. <laughs> Over that big giant gold book at the end. Over <laughs> there, like, at the end of Fateful Findings. It was just, it was all a story in a book. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, the, uh, Wait, wasn't this based on a book? I don't know. Somebody's being grumpy. I'm gonna put you. Uh, I thought I, I read something. I don't know. But anyway, so I mean that's that here. I think we're yep. good. Right? Mm-hmm. I say it was a. Yeah. It wasn't the movie I was expecting. It was better than I was expecting. I don't know what I had mixed it with in my yeah. head. Maybe Easy Rider for some reason. Cause motorcycles? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I don't Probably, know. Like, yeah. There yeah. was. Uh, the, there wiki, the, the wiki says the title was adopted from a psychiatrist, Robert M. Lindner's 1944 book, Rebel Without a Cause, the uh, hypnoanalysis of a criminal psychopath. But the film does not make any reference to the book in any way. Okay, so the title's the same, and I guess if uh, I guess if Plato had lived, he might have been that criminal psychopath because he was on a bad path. Yeah, I had yeah. a feeling that he was gonna try to kill Jim or even Judy at the end. And he kind he kind of did. He I he shot he, at Jim. Yeah. I thought he was gonna accidentally shoot Judy. So did I. Yeah. Because yeah, he was he was very itchy trigger finger. Yeah. I had a feeling one of the three wasn't going to make it to the end, but I really right. didn't know who until we got to the to the actual end. Yeah. yeah. True. True. Yeah. 
All right. So uh, with that, have we have we decided on next week's yet? Or is yes. We figure it out? Yes. What are we doing next week? Reefer Madness. We go Ooh. back a little further. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we go back a little further to find out what Teen Hanks was. And we figure this out, because there could be problems, it could be you, it could be you, and we'll hope to hear from you. Okay. <laughs> the Remember, audience I'm pointing to that you can't see because it's a visual me. Yeah, if, if, you, if you smoke the, the marijuana cigarettes, you might eat glass or something. Yeah. That's like the main thing I remember from this, just yeah. you know, flipping the fuck out and eating glass. Oh, it's, it's fucking amazing. That goddamn fly it's it's amazing. Okay. It's all right. So. Really interesting. So all right, I I'm think excited. we'll wrap this one up here. So enjoy us. We'll see you soon. As we'll take one more trip backwards, then we're gonna go forward to figure out a little more about high school students the week after next. So be good. Take care of yourself, but don't be too good.